It is Monday night. It's December 18th, 2023, episode 370 of the Tan and J-Man Show, streaming live on the ISC Sports Network YouTube channel, ISC Sports Network X page, I guess you'll call it. I still like to call it Twitter, and the Tan and J-Man Show <laughs> Facebook page. And if you're listening uh, on a later date on your favorite podcast platform, please give us that five-star rating and review and subscribe. Please subscribe. That really helps us out with the algorithm and everything. And joining me again for the second straight week is my father, Eric Lee. Dad, thanks for uh, joining me again. You're welcome. Going to have a lot to talk about tonight. A lot of college hoops, a lot of NFL, maybe some golf talk. We didn't get some golf talk last week. I was hoping we could talk a little bit about the PGA Tour live um, tonight, maybe. But uh, a lot going on, a lot going on. But before we get too far into it, I should mention a programming alert with next Monday being Christmas. We will not be having the Tan and J-Man show on our regularly scheduled night. We will be moving it to the following night, Tuesday, December 26th. Same time, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But um, yeah, since it is Christmas on Monday, via why I'm wearing the Santa Claus hat tonight, uh, we will not be having the show. so And hopefully the J-Man is back uh, with me next week. We will see. He's on daddy duty again tonight. So, um, But with all that said, Dad, did you bring a birdie or bogey question with you for me by chance? Yes, it's, it's one that any sports fan ought to know. So. <laughs> well, great. That's uh, all right. Yeah. You, you, you got to uh, – there's only 32 choices, so it's pretty easy. NFL question: What uh, what two teams you have to in your par versus bogey world? You have to get one for a par, two for a birdie. What two teams are tied for throwing the most interceptions in the NFL this year? Hmm. What two? Not teams? players. Teams. Okay. A lot of substitute quarterbacks have been playing, so. Uh, all right. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I'm going to think about that one. But but the birdie or bogey question is brought to you by, like it is every week, Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located on 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. And um, I should note that they are going to be closed starting this Sunday on Christmas Eve, December 24th through January 7th. And uh, they did not have any weekend uh, specials. They had uh, some private parties over the weekend and late last week. So that's another thing to keep in mind in 2024. If you're looking to have a private event, party uh, party event, just big big party, I guess, whatever you want to call it, uh, you can get a hold of the Arlington Public House and uh, you can have your party there. And if you're looking for a late Christmas gift for somebody, Dreddy's, Arlington Public House and Caddyshack, which is the, what they call their uh, golf simulators, which you can play more than just golf. You can play uh, tons of other games on there too if golf's not your thing. Uh, you can get a gift card for uh, any three of those or all three of those locations. They'd make a great last minute gift, great gift, and a great stocking stuffer. So um, go check them out. Uh, go stop by the Arlington Public House. If you haven't already, you will not be disappointed. All right, Dad, you want to get educated real quick? Yeah, give me what you got. All right, let's see what type of sporting events have happened on this day on December 18th. Um, 
some cricket stuff right away. Not going to talk any cricket. That's <laughs> what I don't know much about. Studying up on my cricket earlier. Um, oh, man. On this day in 1977, the Cleveland Cavaliers retired jersey number 42. Can you name me who that jersey number was for for Cleveland? Cleveland Cavaliers, 70, yes. 77? Yes. They, were, they weren't even in the NBA very long by then. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy. Must have been an owner or something because people – George Mikan well, – no. I don't know. Nate Thummond? Nate Thurmond, okay. Thummond, T-H-U-M-O-N-D. Um, yeah. Well, he played for a lot of teams. He was a okay. bowling green guy. Okay. Um, honestly, this might be the worst on this day we've ever had. Yeah. The list is very short, and there's not a lot of positive things. I guess here's another one I could share on this day 1988. The Seattle Seahawks won their first ever division title with a nine and seven record. You know, those days they were in the AFC West. Yes, correct. They were in the AFC West. You are correct. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, not, I mean, just not a lot. I mean, it goes from mid 90s to 2001, clear to 2017 and on forward, and it's all World Cup stuff. So okay. uh, we don't have a lot of sporting events that have happened, at least positively. On December 18th. So I apologize if, to everybody who was hoping for a longer list. But. <laughs> Like it is every week, the On This Day segment of the Tan Jamas Show is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of Texas with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them on Instagram or on Facebook. Just type in at Mooney Woodcrafts. And you'll find them on there. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man Show sent you, you get 15% off your first sign order. So Thad actually sent me a picture of a design he got done with over the weekend. Unfortunately for me, it was a Las Vegas Raiders sign he had done yeah. for somebody. And I gave him a puke emoji, but I said, in all honesty, great looking work like always. So he does great work, uh, not only sports signs, but he can do military signs, family signs, Growth charts, like I said, in the read, all kinds of things. So it's too late to get your order in for the holidays, but you can always get that order in to start off 2024 in a right way. Well, let's talk some college hoops to, uh, to let's dive right into that this week. We only got a few minutes last week to end the show to talk about college hoops, so I thought we would really dive into it. Uh, it was a big weekend, college hoops around the country. Of course, yeah. we had, had the Indy Classic which was then ranked number three, Purdue, against number one, Arizona. Purdue is victorious in a very fun, fast-paced, high-scoring game, which saw Purdue become ranked number one again for the second time this season already, third straight year uh, today when the polls came out. Number two, Kansas uh, defeated Indiana down in Assembly Hall by four points. Indiana gave them everything they wanted. They were actually up 13 at one point in the second half, but just couldn't hang on. Other games, we saw Ohio State defeat UCLA in, in the, uh, these called the Champions Classic. Now it's, 
it might just be the CBS Classic or something. They renamed it. Mm-hmm. But in the second game of those, Kentucky took care of North Carolina. And we mm-hmm. saw Michigan State thrash uh, then number sixth-ranked Baylor up at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. So all in all, a pretty good weekend for the uh, Big Ten that was getting uh, called the Little Ten out there by Jeff Goodman. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Big Ten will be much better than people thought it was going to be. Um, I, I still do it, not. I, th- I think Illinois could be the real deal. You know, they have two losses, and it's to uh, uh, Marquette and Tennessee, both yes. highly regarded top ten teams. Two teams um, to Purdue have beat. I think Nebraska um, is an NCAA-type team this year. They beat um, – Last year, Elite Eight team, Kansas State, by 16 on the road at Kansas State. I have no idea about Michigan. Um, Michigan and Indiana are both a little bit uh, question marks right now. Um, neither one really has a good resume of wins, although Indiana did win at Michigan. That was their best win of the year. But uh, I think it's better than you think. I think there's uh, – I don't think there's any really bad teams in the Big Ten. Uh, perhaps Minnesota, um, but uh, I think by end of the year, there'll still be six or seven teams in the Big Ten that make the tournament. Got some questions, some uh, comments here on um, Facebook. Uh, Josh Mutt, my co-host, tune in. Said J Man will be back next episode. Book it. So book it. Book it. There is the J Man's book of prediction of the week. I guess. Yeah. And we John sponsored by. <laughs> Well, I will get to my prediction, oh, my, okay. my prediction later. And John Bauer uh, says uh, Notre Dame wasn't involved because they are booty. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, they're they're having a rough year this year. Well, we, yeah, we we went for several years to the uh, Crossroads, Crossroads. Crossroads Classic the mm-hmm. same exact Saturday, um, and there was always at least one good game of that too. It was uh, Purdue versus either Butler. Or Notre Dame and Indiana versus the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was—I I happened to go on Saturday. This is by far the la- long or largest crowd I've ever seen at uh, the event. But it did—you know—number one team in the country was there, and it was preceded by an Indiana State versus Ball State game. And Indiana State is actually pretty darn legitimate this year. Um, right. I think they're ten and one. Um, they're actually ranked as the uh, second best team in the state of Indiana via Ken Palm right now. Um, so they only lost one game and it was to a ranked team without uh, arguably their best player, Indiana state. So. But, uh, yeah. Um, and you were, you were talking about the attendance of the crowd. I remember going to the first one back in 2011, that crowd was pretty big that year, but then after that, it seemed to decline kind of year after year after year until, 2021 which was the last year of the event yeah i I do remember the one year where indiana i believe was number one in the country this has got to be 10 11 years ago now with cody zeller uh, and butler beat them on a last second shot by a walk-on alex barlow yeah yeah that the place was pretty loud that day of course butler that's their home city um and a lot of indiana fans would make it because they didn't get down to Bloomington, you know, Indiana is still a, a major product in the city of Indianapolis. So, yep. but uh, it was good to see Purdue fill that place up for a change because they never really had great attendance at the crossroads. Well, 
frankly, the other three schools would always root against Purdue. <laughs> There's their combined crowd, so uh, it was kind of good to get get some good feelings in there. Yeah, one of the like you said, one of the higher paced games. Mm-hmm. Um, Purdue's young guards. Well, they're not super young now. They're sophomores, but both of them played tremendous. Sophomores still young. It's just yeah. they have a lot of experience for sophomores. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, Fletcher Lawyer had 27 points, and he was Big Ten named Big Ten Player of the Week today, which is the second time right. in his career. Braden Smith had 26 points in the game, and Zach Eady had 22. Two. Yeah, like, this was the first time in Purdue history that three guys scored uh, 22 points or more in the same game. Right, right. So. And and I I didn't think Zach had one of his better games, but when you're 22 nine and five, <laughs> oh. five assists, I mean, yeah, he had a couple turnovers. He uh, did, he did. Um, but uh, yeah, and I actually think Braden Smith was the best player on the floor. Um, Kayla Love for Arizona was dynamite as well. But uh, it was interesting. Arizona went to a two-three zone at one time in the second half, and I think it was a. A pitch by Tim uh, Timmy Lloyd to just mm-hmm. try try something different because they had not zoned anybody all year. Right, it was the first time they zoned anybody, and for a little while it worked. It threw Purdue off their game, but then Purdue started to figure it out, and finally Lance Jones hit a big three when Purdue really needed it, and that was going to open it up to where Arizona ended up switching back to man to man after that. Right, although why they were playing that zone, they actually got three really good shots for Zach. Uh, right, I would say he would normally hit two of those three. And he didn't hit him. And uh, there's all kinds of bad things, a little karma going on there. They had uh, called a goaltending on an Arizona shot or a, had getting two points to Purdue for goaltending. And then the next time out, uh, three minutes later, they took it away. Right. And that was right in the middle of when Arizona was making a run. Right. So it, it went from 15 to four in about a five minute span there. It and, was uh, the correct call. Um, according to the broadcast, because the ball was coming off the rim at the okay. time when it was pulled down. Um, yeah, it was close, but it was a correct call, but it was just awful timing when they did reverse it since Arizona was already on a run, like you said. And that's what the scary thing was. I mean, Purdue played so good in the first half. And they played a good second half too, but they played so good in the first half. But you knew it wasn't over because that's the thing about Arizona. They're so offensively talented or so skilled on the offensive end that no lead's really safe against those guys. Right. And I think they have – I don't know if they announced this in the broadcast. I obviously wasn't listening, but I think four of their starters were yes, actually – Yes, four of their five starters singers. And we're going to see that more and more from here on out, uh, teams just totally remo- are rebuilding themselves in one year from – and, you know, the, the power programs are going to continue just go grab this – 1500 point score from this school and this 1500 point score from this school. And uh, they're good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very really good. good. They're very good. And uh, potentially could see a rematch of these two teams in, in March or even April, maybe um, if they were to meet in the final four of the national championship, I'd say uh, Arizona would have home court advantage since the final four is in Phoenix. Oh yeah. I'd love to have that problem. Yes. I'm sure every Purdue fan would take that challenge on head on. Um, But yeah, good win for Purdue. Um, They did jump Kansas today, which I thought would happen. Um, I thought, but you never know. I mean, Kansas was number two. They did go into a hostile environment and win. So, I mean, but they're not penalized. I mean, they, they didn't drop a spot or anything. 
I don't think just from watching games, I, I really don't think Kansas is uh, one of the top three or four teams this year. Correct. Um, I've only seen him play against Missouri and Marquette. Marquette wiped the floor with them, and Missouri led a lot of that game. But they don't seem to have great shooting, and they don't mm-hmm. seem to have uh, elite speed. Um, they've got Dickerson, but he's not really a rim protector. He's an excellent college player. He had 17 and 14 in Bloomington, but uh, he was he was so cold though. I even tweeted out that he's the most overrated player in America. Well, he had a couple big buckets late. Oh, and he let the crowd know about it. I know you didn't watch any of the game, but he, at timeout, he stood at the court and and raised his hands like this towards the crowd and just got rained in booze. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, he's he's something. He's probably the most hated college player. Yeah. You know, from what you read, a lot of people hate Zach Eady, too. But, but, uh, you know. Well, I think that's more our Zach being 7-4 and getting a lot of calls. Yeah. Whereas in shooting a lot of free throws, I mean, he's made the most free throws and attempted more most free throws out of anybody in the country. Uh, right. I don't think it's to his character like maybe Hunter Dickinson's is. Yeah. He actually did not lead the Big Ten in those categories last year. Trace Jackson Davis did. Correct. So, Correct. Um, but uh, and and he probably gets away with a few fouls, but he gets fouled almost every time down the floor. Now this game, I didn't notice the referees much. To tell you the truth. Usually you think, oh, boy, we're getting every call or we're not getting any calls. Uh, must have been a fairly well rough game. The free throws were even. The turnovers were even. Uh, Purdue actually out-rebounded them, and uh, Arizona is an elite rebounding team. So that was a good thing to see. But uh, I think the uh, big improvement for Purdue, I read this today, last year they finished 276th in the country in three-point shooting percentage, and this year they're ninth. Right with a lot of the same characters, right. you know, Lance, Lance Jones for David Jenkins, but that's about it. And so uh, that's a good trend. Well, and it's, it's incredible. I know we talked about this a little bit on last week's podcast, but now that Purdue has beaten Arizona, unless they fall and come up short in a major upset against Jacksonville this Thursday night or Eastern Kentucky next Friday night, they're going to go undefeated in the regular season non-conference for the third straight season. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the teams they have beat, uh, Florida State twice over that streak. Um, Gonzaga, Duke, twice. Uh, Gonzaga twice. Duke, West Virginia, Villanova, North Carolina, Tennessee, Marquette twice. Um, Arizona now. Xavier, um, yeah, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, been a gauntlet, but Purdue's found their way to yeah. get through it. Um, Butler, Butler, another one in twenty twenty one across Texas. This uh, was in the, that was after the Clemson game. That's what I read today. They're part of the 33, at least that's after the had. Clemson game. The last time they lost was the COVID year against Clemson. Um, I, I don't even remember that game, but I was just I, I remember losing both home and home to Texas about beating Texas in the NCAA tournament uh, in 2021. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think that's right. I don't think okay. Purdue. Because Carson Edwards put up 40 down in Texas, but Purdue lost that game. Right. Yeah, you're right. I don't so, know. I don't that know. Brian Newbert, I was just reading his stuff. Oh, I'm I'm sure I I I don't think they played Texas the last three yeah. years, but except in the March Madness. Because I wouldn't remember playing Chris Beard before that. Because that yeah. was a big deal about beating Chris Beard and getting the monkey off the back. But yeah. um yeah. 
So, so it's been very impressive over the last three years. Um, I think Purdue is definitely deserving of their number one ranking. Hopefully it lasts into 2024. Right. <laughs> and then I it was kind of I funny did. you mentioned earlier, Illinois and Nebraska. That's two of their first three matchups. Their first three Big Ten play at Maryland, Illinois at home, and at Nebraska. Now, I should note, at Maryland and I believe also at Nebraska, there will be no students because of Christmas right. break. But also on the flip side, you're hosting Illinois with no students on January 5th. And I think uh, three of the last four or five years, Purdue's lost uh, a home game that first week of January when the students weren't there. Rutgers last year. Wisconsin uh, the year before that. Yeah. So I can go back years. That seems to have been a, a bad trend, but uh, they never used to play good at Indianapolis either. So hopefully those are trends that are yep. going away. Especially after and, finals week. And one thing about Maryland, even though they've been really down, that's the only team that's beaten Purdue by double digits in the last, I don't know how long. Last year, Maryland smacked us at their place. Well, yeah, and the year before, Michigan smacked Purdue up at Michigan. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess just last year. Yeah, uh, just last year. Yeah, that was. One game pretty heavy, and that was Maryland. I think I turned that game off early before it was even over, to be honest. So that's what I'm saying about the Big Ten. It it may be down, but there's no no easy road trips in the Big Ten. There's not, especially when you're ranked highly. You're right. gonna, you're gonna be, you're the hunted. You're not the hunter. You're gonna get everybody's best effort. I don't want to say you're everybody's Super Bowl. I don't really like that. No um, I, terminology, it's, it's, but it's a big resume getter for mm-hmm. anybody playing. And mm-hmm. so, if if you're a team that didn't have a great non-conference, um, and I'm not trying to pick on Indiana, but Purdue would be a great win for Indiana to get on their resume, just like Kansas would have been. Yes. you know, Saturday. And uh, I think that's why their fans were bombed. I mean, I don't yeah. think a lot of them expected to win, but they had them for 35 minutes. And then Absolutely. they just let them slip away. But you could see Kansas was just chipping at it. They're hanging around. And right. the thing about Kansas, they don't have a lot of depth. There was yeah. only nine bench points combined between both teams. Right. The other day. Um, and it was the first time I'd really watched IU a bunch. I think they're a fringe NCAA tournament team. I right. still think they're going to have to really defend home court well to make the tournament. But – a friend of the podcast, Evan Webb, I thought said it pretty good. You know, a lot of people want to say Xavier Johnson, who's their best perimeter player, and he's out right now, you know, is the guy you have to stop and contain. I think watching in the end of the, day, the other day, I think it's Trey Galloway is the guy yeah. you have to figure out how to stop. He had a 28 points. He's kind of their veteran who may, gives them energy and makes them go. Um, they had a good performance out of him. And then their uh, five-star freshman, um, I can't think of his name, yeah, Mabaku or something. Yeah, like that. he had a good game. He actually defended well, shot it pretty well. Um, Renew threw in some threes, and that's the thing about Indiana is they don't shoot a lot of threes at all. No. I mean, they attempted no. I think fourteen the other day, but there's teams that are attempting twenty five per game anymore. Well, um, yeah, we saw Alabama hit thirteen and one half against right. Them. So, I mean, where his numbers were okay, but he, if you watch the game, he kind of struggled. Um, both, both times he's played a really good big guy and against Connecticut and Kansas, he has struggled compared to other teams. So, so we'll right. see. I mean, I don't know who else they have left in the non-conference, but they have three losses, uh, most likely going into the big 10 play. So, yeah, they could, they could definitely use Xavier Johnson just because of, uh, the, the freshman cups kid, uh, mm-hmm. you know, playing 35 minutes of games a lot for a freshman. 
Right. And uh, Xavier Johnson is a proven commodity. He's not a tremendous outside shooter, and, and neither is Galloway, but he had, what, 28 as a career 28, line. yeah, and fouled out. And he, yeah. he missed a big three late in the game that would have given him a one-point lead. Yeah. But uh, I thought he made it when he shot and, it. And you want to live and die with your seniors taking yeah. those shots. So. Yep. So, uh, and, and I think, you know, the thing you looked at IU and what they did in transfer portal in the offseason, they went and got a, some some forwards and, of course, a big guy, but they got no guard help. Right. And I think they, maybe they were relying on CJ Gunn to finally take that next step. And he just, yeah. he just hasn't. He's been a real disappointment for them. Well, and I'm sure they thought Xavier Johnson would be healthy. And I think but, this is his other foot. Last year, you know, he missed. You the are last correct. Games. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, the Big Ten is going to be interesting. Uh, basketball start, you know, you, you still have college football, which will dominate the next few weeks. Yeah. Oh, bowl games are – I mean, I'm not saying that it's just because Purdue's not in a bowl, but with that's the one thing this transfer portal has ruined bowl games for me outside of the playoff. Yeah, I noticed Chase Daniels decided to opt out of his. He's Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with the backup for 99 years from the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was a good college yeah. quarterback for Missouri too, but he, he just sure won the Heisman. Just to win the Heisman, but yeah, there's. I mean, Sam Hartman's out for Notre Dame. I think five of their eight receivers are either opting out of the bowl or have transferred to a different or put their name in the portal to go to a different school. It's right. just not what it used to be, and you you, you can't fault these kids. I mean, no. especially if they have pro aspirations. So, um, well, even, I mean, even some uh, players on the uh, the final. Well, no, I'm sorry. I keep no. thinking Georgia and Ohio State in the Final Four, but they're not. Right, right. Never mind. No, nobody from Alabama, certain. Michigan, Washington, or um, or Texas have that yeah. I've seen have opted. Well, opted the out. Texas backup quarterback Murphy did. Oh, did he? Is he going to yeah, transfer? So, yeah, I think Arch Manning's now the backup. So that would be something, wouldn't it? If Ewers yeah. goes down and Arch comes in and wins him national title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like uh, uh, the Carson Wentz Rams playing the Joe Flacco Browns in the Super Bowl, you know, just out of nowhere. Oh gosh, don't don't talk that into the universe. We don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, don't need to see that. But um, yeah, it was it, like I said, it was interesting around around the country. A good win for Ohio State, even though I don't know how good UCLA is. And what's interesting to me in that matchup, it was on you know, CBS, one of their marquee games next year, it could be played on a Tuesday night on the Big Ten Network. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Maryland travels out to UCLA on Friday night yes. this week. Yeah, That's sucks. about as long a trip as you can get. Yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers or Maryland, either one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And Michigan State, it didn't surprise me that they beat Baylor, to be honest. It surprised me that they killed Baylor. And we're yeah. at 45 15 and a half. Um, they actually played a night against Oakland, who's a right. pretty good little team. Uh, right. But if they can beat Oakland, they're above 500, um, which I'm going to try to pull up the score. I don't know if it started yet or not. I think it starts at it seven. It starts Oakland, at two minutes. Yeah. Oakland uh, did beat Xavier at Xavier this yes. year. So, And I think they played Illinois. And they did. Somebody else in the Big Ten, maybe. So You are correct. And and I remember a couple of years ago, Oakland gave a real good Michigan State game everything they wanted. I think it was overtime. So they're, they're well coached. Yeah, they they uh, challenge themselves every year in the non conference. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it will be um, it'll be an interesting Big Ten season, I'm sure, like it always is. So, um, I guess if you had to make a prediction on December 18th, 
uh, over five teams get in the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten? I think I think so. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think six, and and I couldn't tell you who the six are. You know, I, I'd say Purdue and Illinois, and Wisconsin. Uh, after that, I really expected Maryland to be a player, but they haven't been. Um, and like I said, Indiana and Michigan are the two I don't really know much about. Uh, Northwestern's got that huge resume winner, but they also have a huge resume oh. loser. They lost to 334th rated team in the Ken Palm ratings in Chicago State, yeah. which is embarrassing. Uh, home crowd was about 12 people. Versus, uh, that's they were right. They were right yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. That was a bad one. That was not not good at all. Not good at all. So, any other thoughts, college hoops, before we move on? Uh not really. I still think uh, um, there's probably ten or twelve teams that could win the NCAA tournament, and I'm just glad I root for one of them that I think's in that ballpark. Yeah, and maybe Josh does too. You know, so. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. So, all right. Well, let's talk a little golf, shall we? Uh, then we'll then we'll finish up with some NFL. But uh, the golf world it seems to be in the news. Golf seems to be in the news every week right now between PGA Tour, Live, these ongoing negotiations, which confuse me. All this legal stuff confuses me. With me too. And stuff confuses me. But the big news two weeks ago was John Rahm, uh, one of the better golfers in the world, number two ranked. Official, official, officially ranked golfer in the world, if I'm not mistaken, signed a big contract with Live, with Live Golf. So he's leaving the PGA Tour, which it was such a big deal. Now you got some European members of the PGA Tour saying, "We got to find a way to get John Rahm and New York at Beth Page Black in 2025 for the Ryder Cup." You know, the DP World Tour is going to have to change their rules. See, all of a sudden they're starting to mm-hmm. starting to change their tune a little bit because. They realize this problem's not going to be going away anytime soon. It, it, grabbing, it, grabbing more PJ Tour guys, especially European talent. Right, Europeans uh, didn't really lose anything off their Ryder Cup team this year because most of the super European players were all in their forties, the Sergios and Westwoods and Henrik Stinsons and stuff. But uh, you start losing John Rahm, uh, and then uh, the the Ryder Cup, which is golf's biggest event, starts losing some appeal. Right. But like I told you, I think a lot of the guys that go to live are great players who never got the fans or PGA's respect like DeChambeau, Kepka, Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed, even Phil. They all were kind of second fiddle to somebody else. And then, uh, yeah, you can go on and on. Um, Dustin's probably, Dustin Johnson, probably the only one that wasn't uh he just went for the money and he said that's it <laughs> yeah but uh but uh the pga has this deal where they pay people every year for that get social media interest and it's just made for tiger and rory and i i honestly think a lot of these guys say you know we've done more in the last 10 years than those two guys have where's our stuff so uh i just have some theories on it but i hope someday uh, eight to ten times a year, we get to see all the best players in the world playing together somewhere. Um, 
And I was I was thinking that this agreement might allow for that, but who knows? Yeah, because in all reality, the golf fans are the losers in all this. They are. If uh, if Liv would get a legitimate network where people could choose which one they watch, I think everybody would be happier. Well, the CW's in a lot of households. It is, and, and it's it, they're really ramping up their sports. They carry ACC now, football and, mm-hmm. and basketball. So I don't think that's the problem. It's just, I think it's doing great on foreign soil. They just yeah. got to find more interest in the U.S. I, and I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah, there's got to be one or two players out there that if they switch, you know, the PGA would finally say enough. We got to fix this. You know, I I was seeing a thing today. They have four or five names out there that are supposedly legitimately thinking about moving to live, but I wouldn't think any of them are real needle movers. One's Matsuyama. Uh, They would get the huge Japanese ratings. And then uh, Cantlay and Shoffley and uh, Morikawa are all American players, but they're also way in the uh, shadows of – Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas, Tiger, and Rory. You know, those are the guys making the big bucks. Uh, so I'll throw in my guy. I mean, he might not have as many wins as a lot of those, but he's a certain popular player, which yeah. I thought he was heading to the live last year at one point, but he, he did not. Right. Um, uh, one guy who came out today and made a comment was Victor Hovland, one of the rising stars in golf. He he said he's not going to be going to live, but he said he doesn't fault players for going there. And he pretty much said that PJ Tour management has to do a better job than they're doing now. He right. said what's going on behind doors is not in the best interest of the players. And these players who aren't in the top 15 or 20 aren't being notified what's going on. And uh, this PGA is about a lot more than Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. Right, and they they need to they need to include these uh, guys who are 110th on the money list and stuff on some of the decisions of what's going on. It's, yep, it's not the way you run a business. Nope. Well, I got my word association segment this week is going to be. I'm, I'm looking at some live golfers right now. The roster. I'm just going to give you some names and you can tell me what you think about them or what comes okay. to mind first. Uh, starting with Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, one of the more polarizing figures in golf over the past seven or eight years. He famously had the feud with uh, um, Brooks Kepka, but uh, now they're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> longest, longest driver of the golf ball. That's uh, uh, really a good competitive golfer. U S open champ. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. He's the mad scientist for a reason. He's always trying to find an advantage. He's weird. Everybody else. He's, he's odd, yeah. but yeah. Sergio Garcia. Another polarizing figure, a Masters champ, lost a couple heartbreakers at the British Open over the years, kind of a whiner, um, past his prime, but probably made it, made his his big uh, accomplishments in the Ryder Cup, where he's probably the best European Ryder Cup player of all time. Dustin Johnson. He's been the world's number one golfer many times, won two majors, probably could have won five or six. I mean, he lost a lot of heartbreakers, got a bad ruling at the PGA at Whistling Straits a few years ago, um, threw away a U.S. Open by three-putting from 12 feet to give one to Jordan Spieth. Um, but he's a master champion, a U.S. Open champion, and 
like he said at one time, those are the two events he grew up wanting to win. I think he accomplished everything he wanted to do in golf and married up. Yeah, yes, he did, and he's not even the best athlete in his family. That's yeah, not, his father-in-law is a great one. Those are big shoes or big skates to fill, I should say. Absolutely. Uh, the guy who benefited from that uh, controversial 2010 PGA Championship, Martin Keimer. Martin Keimer, yeah. Because it's funny, that th- that uh, playoff was Martin Keimer and Bubba Watson, who's also on uh, Live Tour. But yep. uh, Martin's kind of lost his game. Two-time uh, major winner, though. Yep. A few more here. Brooks Kepka. I know that's one of your personal favorites. He's 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 probably my Mount Rushmore favorite athletes, but uh, he's kind of cocky, and I don't know why, but I like that. And uh, it's funny, he's only won uh, on the PGA Tour. He only won nine times, but five of them were majors. <laughs> kind of so, ups his game a little bit. Yeah, and that's what he says he wants to do, and he went out and did it last year and almost had a second one. He he got caught by John Rahm, who just moved over So in the Masters. So – like to see if he can get another another couple someday. One of your other favorite athletes of all time, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, Phil. He won six majors. He's done everything he could in golf, but uh, except become number the, one in the world, which is crazy. <laughs> he was. He's been number two for uh, combined over five years of his life. If and, he just would have hit three wood, yeah. At, uh, Back in the U.S. Open, when Jeff Ogilvie won it, he would have won the U.S. Open probably and become number one in the world. If he had just chipped out of the woods, yeah, he puts on the green, and if he one putts, he wins. If he two putts, he ties and goes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He hit two out of fourteen fairways that day. Yeah, and still shot two over. I don't know how you do that when you play in the U.S. Open, but he probably could have. I think he's the second most runner-up in majors of anybody behind only Jack Nicklaus. Yeah. So he had six, but probably could have had 12. Louis Oosthuizen. He just won a golf tournament this last week on the, the DP. DP yep. How do they? How are those guys playing in the DP Tour? The DP Tour has softened their rules a little bit. He's won twice, actually, on that tour since he's joined Liv. And that's what I saw Hank Haney saying, you know, Golf media is only going to tell you one side of the story, but he said, you can't tell me that live golf isn't helping guys improve their games. Well, and so he's getting world ranking points for that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know, but he, he did win it. Well, I noticed I turned on the DP world tour and uh, three of the top four guys were all uh, live guys, Charles yeah. Schwartzel and uh Beansberger or something like that. So yeah, Louie, he, it was one of the only – he, Greg Norman, and Phil and Jack are the only guys that were all runners-up at majors. No. But Louie only won one. A few more here. Patrick Reed. Yeah, you talk about controversial. This guy's been called a cheater his whole life. but uh, I believe his got, nickname on tour was uh, Dinner for One. Dinner for One, yeah. He's got a Masters, and he was kind of a Ryder Cup hero. Um, yeah. But uh, pretty unlikable guy. Cameron Smith. Yeah, he was the one that uh, the commentators and stuff hated to lose because he was number two in the world when he left, much like Rom is now. Won a British Open. He's probably rep- got the reputation of being the best putter in the world. Um, we'll see what he can do. I don't like his hair. <laughs> uh, Bubba Watson. Yeah, Bubba. 
two-time made Masters winner. Like I said, lost that playoff to PGA. He's well past his prime now. Um, and, and the lip has about 10 golfers who are in that 44 to 58 range that, you know, couldn't really compete on a weekly basis. The PGA were too young to go to the Champions Tour, but could make millions on live tour. So I think a lot of people thought guys like Bubba and Ian Poulter and Westwood, that was a great decision for them. Yep. Yep. So, well, uh, I'll wrap it up with Bubba. So I was going to give you one or two more, but I'll wrap it up with Bubba so we can talk some NFL. But uh, that is the word association list segment, I should say, which is brought to you by, like as every performer print to promo group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or a sales meeting in 2024, Performa Print 2 Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and in commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. NFL Week 15 will be in the books tonight once the uh, two of the Bird teams play, the Seahawks and the Eagles, but it is another fascinating week in the NFL. Um, a lot of teams that are on the bubble, especially in the AFC for the wild card, they won. So it's still a just colossal mess for the most oh, part. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of them are starting to play each other here in the next week or two. So yes. things should clean out in the next week or two. But we'll you see. would think. Uh, but uh, three winners, three losers. I will let you start off again with your first winner. I got I got to go with the Buffalo Bills. They uh, hammered the Cowboys. Um, now they've beaten the Chiefs and the Cowboys. And combined with the win against the Dolphins by four touchdowns, it's hard to believe they're in a spot where they're not in the playoffs right now. But – they lost last second leads to the Jets and to the Patriots and to the Broncos. And uh, it, it is what it is. You, you are what your record says. But uh, I'm thinking a lot of the AFC teams do not want to see Buffalo make the tournament. And even Josh might be a little bit nervous. Dolphins have, what is it, uh, Baltimore and Dallas the next two weeks. Dallas and Baltimore, and, yeah. And, and the, and the uh, Bills have the Chargers and the Patriots. And the Patriots. And so if the Bills win those two, which is yep. not a given, but they should be heavily favored in both, and the Dolphins slip up once, then they're playing for the AFC East Championship on week the last week of the year. Right. But AFC East. Uh, East. East. Yeah. Yes. 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 You are right. Um, my first winner. Um oh, let's see here. There's a lot of a lot of teams that played pretty good. Uh, I am going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, backup quarterback, Jake Browning, not only that, but your your best wide receiver, best offensive player, Jamar Chase, goes down late in the game when you need him. They found a way to force overtime against the Vikings with an unbelievable play by T. Higgins. Yeah. You won't see much of a better, better play by an NFL wide receiver. Then in overtime, they get it done against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and keep their playoff hopes alive. I kind of thought them and maybe even the Steelers, you could put a fork in after this week, but that is not the case at all. Cincinnati yeah. is live and well. And uh, the Vikings, though, their their playoff chances took a took a hurt. Not, right. not out of it yet, but it did take a hurt. But it, 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 that was the battle of backup quarterbacks, Nick Mullins against against um, Jake Browning. 
Right. And I think a lot of people would have said, what team can least afford to lose their starting quarterback and still be good? I think Cincinnati would have been one. 100%. Cincinnati, Buffalo, Baltimore. You know, there's about seven or eight of those guys, Kansas City. But Cincinnati would have been one I'd have thought for sure. But this Browning kid, 3-0. Yep, they do have tough remaining schedule. Um, They play at Pittsburgh. So that if Pittsburgh loses that one, they're done. Yeah. Um, if Cincinnati lose that one, that hurts them big time. That's kind of almost elimination game in a way. And then Cincinnati also plays uh, at Kansas City and then Cleveland. So, Yeah, and Cleveland's uh, – I'll just make them my second winner. Uh, mm-hmm. And not so much Cleveland as Joe Flacco coming off from raking leaves and sitting on the couch, and he's throwing for about 350 a week. <laughs> he threw three picks. He, I mean, he plays quarterback like they used to play 20 years ago. He's keeping it all over the place, but the guy still got a cannon. Do you think they would be in this position with Deshaun Watson, a healthy Deshaun Watson? I don't think they'd be in or better off, and I think the receivers are having fun because he's throwing it deep. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Amari Cooper's getting the ball deep. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Cleveland, that that coach has got to be up. Kevin Stefanski's done a great job. They've lost so many people. You know, Mm -hmm. people forget about Nick Chubb. You know, arguably yep. a top three running back, and then you, then you show throw Watson in. Uh, they had a rookie starting for a while, uh, DTR, and then they had a, a Walker starting quarterback. So they're on their fourth quarterback. But mm-hmm. uh, I got to admit, I never liked Flacco when he was a Raven or anything. But I kind of have to root for a thirty-eight-year-old dude out there playing. Well, he's got. I mean, the Browns have nine wins right now with three games remaining. You got to think. I think their playoff chances like eighty percent. Yeah, um, their main schedule is they play uh, at Houston, which will be a big one for both teams. Great game, yeah. Then they play. Um, they host the Jets on a Thursday night game, who are all are eliminated. So the Jets' longest playoff drought in uh, any of the Big Four American sports keeps going. Yeah, and then they play at Cincinnati in the last week. So, um, but yeah, the uh, the Browns they. They looked like they were done against the Bears in the fourth quarter, down ten points, and the Bears became the Bears were inches away from uh, Mooney from hauling in that hail mary to win the game. So yeah, the Bears Bears had so many plays where they were so close to yeah. There was a fourth and one, they got tackled behind the line, and then there was a third and two, and Fields was running, he got tripped up, was about two inches short. They turned down a couple field goal opportunities. Uh, it was almost like the Bears starting to get the talent it's just now they got to learn how to win yep my second winner is a team that's learning how to win no matter what kind of injuries come over them or anything that's the indianapolis colts down 13-0 at home against pittsburgh on saturday and they won 30 to 13 in the process they lost michael pittman due to a nasty hit which the defender on pittsburgh got suspended for the rest of the year including the playoffs if pittsburgh uh, happens to make the playoffs they also had uh, jonathan taylor go down and then their backup running back, whose name is escaping me right now. Moss. Um, yes. Uh, yes, Moss went down as yeah, well. So, so they're, they're on paper and on TV, there's like this team should not be in the playoff. I know. I, I, I honestly think if Anthony Richardson, which I still think he can be a really good professional quarterback and probably will end up being so, I think if he was the guy, the Colts would not be in this position. I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise for Gardner to have this year. I agree, but I think Richardson's day one starter next year. I, I mean, do too. 
he's got supreme talent. But uh, Gardner's been uh, he's been a revelation for him. He's just kept him in games. He's kind of a he's just a he's just a winner. So and looking at their schedule, they have at Atlanta, and then they host the Raiders, and then they travel to. Uh, where is it? oh then they host the Texans excuse me so two out of the last three games are home games for the Colts yeah but I'll tell you, you the three you just mentioned I'll guarantee you the Atlanta game will come to the last minute because every Atlanta game goes to the last they minute. need it they're desperate they need it the Absolutely. Raiders the Raiders are out of it but heck they they're, just hung 62 points on a team they're three and three since Pierce took over yeah um, they're fighting for him really yeah so I wouldn't say they have any easy games, but they, they, they could win all three. They could lose all three. Then that's that's the way it goes. My third winner is uh, Tampa Bay. Um, Baker Mayfield had a 158.3 passer rating, which is the tops you can have in any game. I looked at his season stats, um, and unfortunately, we all look at touchdown passes and interceptions. 24 touchdown passes, eight interceptions. He's up. Uh, He's got himself a contract coming. I think he's Tampa Bay's quarterback starting next year again. So yeah, I I think he's good enough. You don't want to start over again, and you don't want to give the reins of Kyle Trask. So, well, wouldn't you say this is the same team Tom Brady had last year? Yeah, Tampa's got a better record than they had at this point last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good for good for Baker. <laughs> My last winner. I, I I hate putting this team in the winner category, but when we put up sixty three points and beat a team by forty two points. Yeah. He deserved to be in the winning category. That's the Las Vegas Raiders. And, and our guy, Aiden O'Connell, who going into last week, Antonio Pierce wasn't real, real. Um, I, I don't want to say sore on him, but he wasn't saying, hey, Aiden's going to be a starter for us year or anything. And Aiden went out and threw four touchdowns all in the first half. So looked really good. And the Chargers are a dead amongst dead amongst dead team. Yeah. Yeah. That Actually, I expect the Chargers to be – a little better this week. Usually that first week you get a new head coach. Yeah. You know, I, you saw the Colts win last year with Jeff Saturday, the first game. Yeah. Saw, the, saw the Raiders win their first game for Antonio Pierce this year. Yeah. So, um, but without, uh, without their quarterback, I, I don't know. When playing the Bills, I don't know. I don't know. And the, and the Bills have to have. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, losers. Uh, you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Uh, well, it, it goes along with my first winner, but it's Cowboys look, uh, God awful. And, and it probably doesn't mean as much as it does some teams that are fighting for the playoffs, but they're probably pretty much guaranteed. They have to go on the road, the entire playoff tournament. And, uh, they're a different team on the road. They're three and four on the road and they're seven and zero at home. And I think they've been outscoring their opponents by 20 points at home, and they're, uh, you know, they've been they've been run out of the building in San Francisco and Dallas, and then lost to a three and ten Arizona team at home on the road. So, I would say Dallas. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my first loser is going to be my favorite team, the Denver Broncos. Uh, really hurt their playoff chances because not only did they lose, but every team they needed to lose won. Over the weekend, every <laughs> single one. So yeah. I think their playoff chances dropped at like 23%. I still think they got a pretty decent shot to go 10 and 7 when the last three remaining games, New England at home, Chargers at home, then at Raiders, even though they haven't beat the Raiders in three and a half years. Um, but they just didn't play well. I mean, I, 
I didn't have a good feeling about. I had a better feeling about Purdue, Arizona than oh, I yeah. did the, the Broncos Lions, but I thought it'd be a good game. I didn't think they'd lose 42 to 17 and started off pretty bad. I mean, they, they made Detroit punt three and out and then Denver hits a big play, gets down the field in the red zone and Russell Wilson gets strip sacked and just started off bad and got Sean Payton, not challenging some controversial non-touchdowns that he probably should have. Then you had a yeah. weird offsides penalty by your lineman's helmet, I guess being an inch over the line. And then you have Sean Payton, Still have no idea why ripping into Russell Wilson like no other on the sidelines. Just yeah. not a good look. Not a good look at all. Hope their mindset is right because they still have a three big games to play and they can't afford to lose any of them. What I kind of found out through some stuff is it, I think Peyton wanted Russell to wait to run a play so they could keep looking at it to see because they scored a touchdown on that. That first uh, pass, it should have been a touchdown. Yes, the second down play. The third down play, I think, was correct. I think Javante Williams' knee was just slightly down before. But that's also on whoever reviews the plays. They need to get that communication in faster to say, hey, throw the challenge flag. And they had already burnt one timeout. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted to burn another one, but why kick the field goal after that? Uh, That was stupid. Yeah, that was stupid. So, yep. Uh, um, Boy, now i got to think hard. Oh, I, I think the second loser is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, you've got you've got Carolina. You've got a seven to six lead. Carolina can't move the ball, or it doesn't seem. Uh, Desmond Ritter sprints out to his left and just throws one of the worst interceptions of the year in the NFL. And um, now, to Carolina's credit, they took like a seven and a half eight minute drive, went down, kicked a game winning field goal. Yep. But uh, boy, you just got to win that game if it's. You know, your playoff lives depend on it. So yep. um, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, be, getting beat at home, prime time 23-7. Now all of a sudden you're in a three-way tie for the division. Now all of a sudden you're yeah. fighting maybe to get in the playoffs. Yeah. So. That sounded like a dominating win by Baltimore. It wasn't. I mean, no. Jacksonville just – they just uh, – they just wet the bet. I mean, mm-hmm. they had all kinds of chances in the first half. And Trevor Lawrence in concussion protocol now. So, yeah, he's got a fumbling problem. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, a lot of people know about interceptions, but uh, fumbles are just as bad as interceptions. So, <laughs> at least an interception's down the field usually. True. Fumble. A lot of times when a quarterback fumbles, it's right at the line of scrimmage or behind them. So, yeah. Um, I gotta come up with someone real quick. Oh, yep. I'll just I'll just say the Jets. They're they're un, they're unwatchable. They're unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, they are not good. Definitely not the season they want. I'm going with the Packers. Um, yeah, two straight weeks. Now that they're playing themselves right out of the playoffs. So, yeah, that was a bad loss for the Packers. Yep. All right. So now we're done with our winners and losers. So let's get on with week. 16 picks. I'm guessing Josh beat me again. I, I did not check. That's two weeks in a row. I did not check head to head. But Thursday night, New Orleans Saints at Los Angeles Rams. Rams for six. I got the Rams for 12. Wow. Uh, I like the way they're playing. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Saturday at 430. I have the Bengals for seven. I, I, I think the Steelers are kind of packing it in. I have the Bengals for one. Uh, Mason Rudolph third different Steeler to start this year. They're going to be desperate at home against a division rival. I think the Bengals win, but I think it's close. It's funny how the, the Pittsburgh crowd hated Mason Rudolph a couple of years ago. Now 
they're chanting his name after watching Pickett and Trubisky. <laughs> so, no, just awful. Just awful. Yeah. Saturday night, primetime, Buffalo Bills at L.A. Chargers. I have Bills for 13. I got the Bills for 16. I think the Chargers are that dead and done. So Well, I hope you're right, but uh, I've seen the Bills lose to Jets and uh, Patriots this year. Yeah. So. Indianapolis Colts, Atlanta Falcons. I have the Falcons for one. I got the Colts for six. I uh, They just keep proving me wrong, so I got to pick them. I know it's coming down to the last second, and uh, Atlanta's got a good kicker. Seattle at Tennessee. I've got Seattle for five. I got the Titans for nine. Wow. I don't know why. I I, I, no, I think Seattle loses tonight. Neither team has anything to play for. Well, if Seattle no. loses tonight, they're pretty much done. Yeah. By the way, did you know the 49ers had to play Birds teams five weeks in a row? That's got to be a first ever. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Detroit at Minnesota. I got Detroit for eight. I got Detroit for seven. So we're right there. Washington at Jets. This is going to be a fun one. I've got the Jets for two, and they're god-awful. I got the Jets for five. And I just – both these teams are hard to watch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Green Bay at Carolina. At Green Bay for 12, they absolutely have to get this one. I got Green Bay for 10. That's just how bad I think Carolina is. Yeah. Cle- Cleveland at Houston. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a believer in the Browns. I got the Browns for nine. I don't know if CJ Stroud's going to be back or not. Uh, I, I, th- I think he will. I I mean, really, either way, this can help the Broncos if the Broncos win. But I, I actually got the Texans for eight. So Well, you know, both receivers are gone. So right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't think they had any business being the Titans, and they found a way. So. Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. I have Tampa Bay for three. I got Tampa Bay for four. The battle of Florida there. Cardinals at Bears. Bears for 11. I got the Bears for 11 as well. Great minds think alike. Cowboys at Dolphins. Um, I got the Dolphins for four until the Cowboys can prove they can win on the road. I got the Dolphins for three. Dolphins play well at home. Patriots at Broncos. Broncos for 15. I got the Broncos for 13, so I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> yeah. Raiders at Chiefs. I have the Chiefs for 16. I got the Chiefs for 15. This is the first of three Christmas Day games. Giants at Eagles. I have the Eagles for 14. I got the Eagles for 14 as well. And the Ravens at the 49ers. I got the 49ers for 10. I got the 49ers for two. I, I'm not a believer in the Ravens at all. I think they're pretty darn good. Yeah, we'll see. Hit me with that birdie or bogey question real quick as we wrap up the show, please. Uh, what two teams are tied for throwing the most interceptions in the NFL this year? The Buffalo Bills? No, they're like eight. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Allen's only throwing one more pick than Mahomes. Uh, so. Oh, well, I thought they were both had thrown quite a few picks, but I guess that's just starters. That's not your whole – Barrage of quarterbacks. Um, uh, Jets? No, they're no. I'll take a bogey. Just hit me with it. Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Caropolo has nine, O'Connell has seven, and uh, Brian Hoyer threw three in his <laughs> one, sir. And then they, uh, oh crap, <laughs> I got it written down here. The other one was, uh, 
Oh, I have the question written down without the answer. It's the Bears. <laughs> All right, the Bears. Fields and I don't even remember who the backup's name was. Pageant or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, well, Dad, thanks for uh, joining me again. You're welcome. Evening. Really appreciate it. And thanks to the Tan and J Man show for watching and listening. Reminder, we live at the same time, but next Tuesday on the 26th, not on our regular day of Monday since Monday is Christmas. But have a uh, fantastic Christmas, everybody. A safe Christmas. And we'll see you next week.